Hey everyone, this is Angela Maria with Talk It Up. It's Tuesday. It's a podcast Tuesday. Actually, it is September 1st. Please, September, do us better than August. Do us better than August. <laughs> Hope everyone is doing good out in podcast land. Um, I was able to do my next 30 pages of this book that I am reviewing from an author that sent it to me. And actually, I am really enjoying this book. Oh, I'm telling you, Your Secret, My Lives. Your Secret, My Lives. L-I-E-S. Everybody all has a closet full of bones. Lies, lies, lies. We try to do better. We try to repent. We try to live, you know, lives accordingly. If you want to, you know, make it to heaven. Uh, But I tell you, um, after reading up to page 60 tonight, uh, 60 on tonight, it kind of dawned on me um, in in these uh, last 30 pages. uh, And believe me, it's lifetime. (laughs) it's suspense it's drama it's get back it's revenge it's twist after twist after twist in every single chapter so I I really was about to go I said I gotta stop I gotta stop I was like on page 63 I said nope I said I'd do 25 actually I said 25 but now I'm doing 30 because it's so good I didn't want to put the book down But I'm only doing it on Tuesday, so the book has... Let me just tell you a little bit about the book. Just a fresh review. Um, The book has um, 289 pages. I am a dyslexic reader. (laughs) I'm a dyslexic author. I'm just dyslexic. Uh, And I'm 52. So growing up and... always hating to read not wanting to read because I always had to work that much harder I've never really been into reading books I read very well now I stumble on words sometimes or say them back for words flip flop Um, I I actually have read and, and used that as a learning tool and to talk about dyslexia advocate for dyslexia in the previous book that I did a review on, which was by William Manzanares, the fourth, and that's also on this podcast. Please check it out, and it's also on my blog on Facebook um, at Talk It Up T A L K K I T U P, and the name of the book is I Can't Read. Um, and he talks about his, uh, you know, life of struggling to read and how audio changed his life. Okay. I've already done that one. We're on to <laughs> Theodore Mosley. So, th- sorry, Mr. Mosley. <laughs> but Mr. Mosley is, is actually um, from South Carolina. He lives in San Diego. Um, he's married. He's an elder in a church. Because I, I actually... if. 
if you, you know, stroll through the podcast, you'll see uh, further down that I actually interviewed him um, about a year and a half ago when he first sent me, um, told me about the book. He reached out to me on LinkedIn and um, mostly dealt with him on poems. So now we're collaborating and on my blog and sometimes on my Instagram page, it's always talk it up, you know, wherever uh, platforms, T-A-L-K-K-I-T-U-P, uh, collaborating on his poems on poemhunters.com. Uh, I think that's how it says, or is, I think it's poemhunters.com. Um, but if you put it in Google, it'll come up or it'll pop up the correct thing and just search Theodore Mosley, M-O-S-L-E-Y. This man has over 250 poems. Most of them are, um, about black history or black culture and I have been designing, been designing backgrounds to give a dull, um, just doc, doc, a document, you know, typed, uh, wordage life and to give it action and energy. And he just loves each design that goes along with his poem. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to that podcast. Or if you get a chance, go to my blog and look through the pictures and the videos and you will see some of the poems that he has um he's written about he's he's a great poet and you also see the graphics design that i did to complement those poems based on what the poem was about um but he's also a great author uh this is a fictional book. It's a fictional book and um, it is available on Amazon. I will click it in this podcast. Um, It's available in a paperback and it's also available on audio. So if you're into uh, suspense, if you're into drama, if you're into get back, but it it, because he's an elder, I mean, even I question, why would an elder write this? I mean, it's got a lot of detailed, detailed, like, livid, vivid things. But if you really think about it, this is what's talked about behind the pulpit. This is what the pulpit, the pastor talks about to the congregation about sins, about getting things right. And no, before you go off, oh gosh, she's got a spiritual biblical. No, I'm serious. This is like life, um, lifetime. It really is. This is like going to the theater and seeing Secret Window or um, going and, and seeing something like a, a fatal attraction. I'm just throwing things out there, but just to show you that the book is about deceit. It's about betrayal. It's about revenge. It's about lies. It's about um, adultery. Um, it's about murder. It is, it's it's a full. It's full of all of Gal- Galatians. Um, what is it? Five and nineteen. Everything that might be um, wrong and evil in the in in the spirit, in the body, and what we do uh, as far as what's wrong to one another or to people. 
it's some type of typology in this book and that's why I can look at it versus natural versus spiritual because um, by the time I got through mid maybe 38 to page 42 it started to dawn on me I was like wow you know a lot of this um, I see a lot of women getting fed I'm gonna say it like fit you know like when JLo said enough is enough and she put that <laughs> bandana around her head and she was sick of her husband you know beating on her and uh, and stalking her and just being a narcissistic this is is I felt that I feel, I, feel, I felt that in this book. I'm reading this in this book. Because women, not just women, men too. You get to a point in your life that you're fed up. You're fed up. You're not going to take it anymore. And to me, that's when your strength kicks in. That's when the light comes on. The engine starts. And sometimes it can be to... It's where you're numb. <coughs> excuse me it's where you become numb to I'm not gonna take it anymore and it made me resonate that once um uh my my ex-husband left me he told me he he you know uh, I don't love you anymore so he tried to be nice about it you know like take me out of dinner and let's just have some you know space apart that type of thing so 10 years was last August and um and reading this book and just kind of relating it to it, I had to get to a point. Now, are you going to stay weak or are you going to get fed up? When you're fed up, you know, that's when you start to do something about it. Um, I couldn't I couldn't afford my divorce. My brother paid for my divorce. And by him paying for my divorce, but the whole time I had been looking and had been looking because I lost everything. You know, he was the sole breadwinner, uh, you know, not knowing after 14 years that that was going to happen. But in doing that, it was like, I want my power back. I want my name back and I want my power back. And the only way I knew to have my power back is I needed to file for divorce. Give me my name back and give me freedom from you because when you live as a submissive woman to a man or you let men manipulate you and they have that power they don't know what to do when all of a sudden it shifts and so in this book a lot of things begin to shift first it starts out you know very tranquil for maybe the first page but then it it immediately the race begins <laughs> the race begins and it has not stopped in the first 60 pages you know it's it's a mom that's looking for her daughter and the twist and turns of um a crooked teacher that turns into just one plot after one plot of espionage and um just covering one lie to tell another lie um and, and each one of these women, and it's, very, it's several, I can tell from the reading, they're numb. And when they numb, action begins. And each one of these pages, and each one of these chapters, action began. And it began with the women. This seems like the men um, 
or in control or in charge or were in charge if if they're still alive that's kind of a hint <laughs> but um it, it, I, I see the power of the woman in this book but also with the power of the woman in this book or the power of the women in this book I also see the brokenness and the inability to uh, know how to connect. Uh, I don't know how it might be in the next, you know, chapters that I have to read, but sometimes I'm very, I'm a loner person. I don't do a lot of women. Women can be catty. Women can just be nitpicky and petty and full of drama and very dramatic. And that's not me at all. I can do I can have that party by myself. I don't need women to do that. And being 52, you know, I've been through that with college. I've been through that with roommates. I've been through that, you know, with with, with just family, with with cousins, with friends, with with sister. I don't need it in my older or my, my middle age. So I can already connect uh, or see the disconnect with the women in here and how um, the men in each particular chapter, you can see a male figure and a woman's figure and, and go figure that. Go figure that. And we know that anytime that there's narcissistic men or there's men that are trying to overpower women, but in a negative way and not a positive way, it's not going to turn out good. And if you push a woman further enough against a wall and she doesn't care and she gets numb, watch out. And no, I'm not talking about married couples I'm not talking um, about divorce or any of that. That, that, that. Don't even get down those uh, images in your head about just get the book. <laughs> just get the book. But like I did in, in the last uh, episode, I am going to breed a little just to kind of give you kind of insight. Let me see. I'm just going to skim through the 30 pages I read and see what we land on because it was all good so I won't really be giving you anything away but I want you to um uh let's see here okay I think I have something so they sat and pondered over the last four years of their lives and all they had gone through because of Mr. Franklin joy tears turned into revenge and hatred he subjected their lives to drugs, drug dealers, and traffic, child trafficking. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he rejected their lives to drug dealers and child trafficking for almost a whole year while they were in school, no less. They went to the cabin and agreed that the time had come for Mr. Franklin to, re- to reap what he had sown. Rebecca said to Jessica, if we don't have A's, April and Amanda doesn't have A's as well. We need to get in touch with them and let them know. April said, I'm sorry, Jessica said, 
I'm dyslexic, y'all. So words jump around. Um, not, you know, lit, lit or physically, but um, let me just keep reading. <laughs> Jessica said, no, let them find out on their own like we did. If it's been four years and they haven't reached out to contact us, so be it. Rebecca replied, well, we haven't tried to contact them either. We don't know uh, where they're at or what they, they look like right now. If we're going back to San Diego for a little rendezvous with our old friend, Mr. Franklin, let's just make it a nice meeting of the minds. So, um... Like I said, I just went through and I picked one, but I can just kind of sum up even with that with what I've been talking about. Here you hear Mr. Franklin. We know that that's a male. (laughs) What has he done? He's disrupted something with these girls and now they want revenge. And you see the disconnect, how two of them uh, out of two and one said well let's get out with the other two and let them know we don't have AIDS if we don't have it they don't have it and the other one's like no <laughs> let them find out on their own that's what I mean by the disconnect you know um, these these are friends they mentioned you know that they had been uh, you know with this Mr. Franklin had to do drug deals and they had to do child trafficking for almost a whole year in high school, these four girls. So now, you know, high school is over. And then they mentioned it's been four years. So they hadn't seen the other two girls. So you know, like you do in college, you, I, I had four, four high school friends. We all went our separate ways, different colleges, but you know how you meet up and you see each other again at home. But then over time, you, you know, get married, you have boyfriends, you have babies, you move to other um, cities, countries, wherever, and it starts to fade away. But sometimes you still remain friends. Everybody doesn't always remain friends. And that's what I was giving an example with the disconnect um, with sometimes holding on with different things for different reasons, which you would find out. And I'm still uh, piecing it together with just the first 60 pages. I am all over the place telling you about it. I don't want to give everything away because I haven't read it all to give it away. Each chapter, chapter it flips back and forth. Imagine watching um, How to Get Away with Murder. And each episode, it like takes you to something else. Like, okay, what's this? And then the next week, you go back and it's a new one, but then it takes you a little bit back to the one before. It's that type of suspenseful mystery book. To me, I think it makes the book less boring because it's not a boring book, but it makes the floor of the reading wanting to turn the page. Because if you finish with one chapter and you're only dealing with two characters in that chapter and you don't hear any more about them and you move on to another one, it kind of makes everything just, mm, you, you okay, that's ended. That's not, you know, you're not going to know anything. But to be able to take it and go through different characters and skip uh, every other chapter to go back to talk about the character two chapters before that 
it makes it suspenseful like you're at the movie theater or you're having your popcorn sitting and watching you know a good um <laughs> a good uh investigated discovery channel episode i don't know something like that but i really do urge you to one get the book <laughs> whether you get the book on audio or whether you get the book on paperback. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's called Your Secrets, My Lies. It's by Theodore Mosley. And um, I'll read you, uh, I, I read it in the first episode and I'll continue to read it because I think that this kind of helps to um, give you a little bit more information. As I'm doing the reviews, I'm not really giving a lot of information. I'm just talking more about, you know, how it impacted me per 30 chapters, what I got out of it. And I'm not uh, an expertise in doing book reviews. I'm an expertise in being able to talk (laughs) and to um, elaborate on when I got out of something and definitely want you to feel enthused to want to be able to uh, at least look it up and see if it's something that you might want to add to your collection for fall. To add to your collection if there's another shutdown. To add to your collection for the winter. You know, those summer, those um, end of the summer. Well, it is end of summer books or winter books this will be one that you would really like to uh, add to your collection but the back of the book reads behind each mask of lies is the hidden truth ain't that the truth though (laughs) your secret my lies is a fast moving dramatic novel that it examples the maze of possibilities that can exist between people who hold deep secrets Harbor lives as reality and battle the freak nature of the darkness that lurks within. A mother, a daughter, and circle of friends all bring their similar dysfunctional experiences to the table of life. It is very interesting how their inner struggles, secrets, and lives spiral aimlessly out of control. Through one shocking revelation after another, they are brought to a point of retaliation, retribution, and reconciliation. Brenda's former secret life forces the innocence and curiosity of her daughter's April down a road to seek the answers and fulfillment. A white lie and a trip to Mexico brings her helpless plunge into a pit of blackmail, drugs, and a life that spirals out of control. The reader is introduced to a world where everybody's motives and pursuits appear normal and innocent. However, the mission of masquerading secrets and covering up lies folds into an inevitable day of reckoning, judgment, and the fierce consequences of the naked truth. Now a little about Mr. Mosley. And check my time and my battery. <clears throat> okay. Theodore Mosley 
is a mastermind in captivating raw human emotions and challenging them to redeem themselves. He is the author of over 150 poems which masterly display the conflict that exists in the human experience between truth and hypocrisy, right and wrong, and the inevitable consequences attached to each of these. Many of his emotional escapades are challenged with the stability of the universe. For like beauty is in the eye of the beholder, truth and redemption is in the pen and words of this author. Through the stability of the universe, Mosley brilliantly exposes and gleans the truth out of chaos and brings it to a chilling halt. <laughs> I can't wait to read the next 30 pages. Uh, so I'll be doing that um, throughout this week, probably at the last minute, like I do all the time, uh, where it's still fresh in my mind doing it on either Sunday or Monday. But I'll be back to you uh, next Tuesday. Um, Lord willing, nothing happens um, to give you the next 30 pages. I hope you enjoyed. Please check it out. And also, if you get a chance, check me out on Instagram uh, and my Facebook blog, Talk It Up, T-A-L-K-K-I-T-U-P. And that represents dyslexia for me because I deliberately misspell Talk It Up with two Ks. And so, um, being an advocate and just being able to talk about it up front, I know too many, been in lots of groups and um, advocates, and there's so many people that are ashamed, and they have no reason to be ashamed. One in five are dyslexic. So, I hope you enjoy the review, the chit-chat. Um, just, you know, letting you know about the book and as always, thank you for listening and I will see you next time. All right. Bye-bye.